Hi, I'm Ben Ferguson. Inflation is eating away at your purchasing power, risking your savings and future legacy. Now, with more taxes and an unsustainable national debt and the push for central bank digital currencies, financial freedom is at stake. If you have 50000 or more in retirement savings, you may be at risk. Freedom Gold USA is here to help you preserve and protect your wealth with physical gold and silver. Act now. Call them 1-800-655-8843 or visit freedomgoldusa.com slash Ben to see if you qualify for up to $10,000 in free silver. That's 1-800-655-8843 or freedomgoldusa.com slash Ben. Ukraine is getting hammered right now by Russia, and it's very clear that war crimes are being committed. Yet the president of the United States of America is refusing to admit that what we are witnessing are war crimes. This is also while the president of the United States of America is lying to you and the rest of the world, saying we are doing everything we can to help the Ukrainian people. That is not true. We could stop buying oil from Russia and lead the world to stop buying oil from Russia, which would actually have a bigger impact on Russia's economy than the sanctions that we've put on Russia. Now, a quick reminder, if you're listening to this podcast, please make sure you hit the subscribe or auto download button and tell your friends about this podcast. Share this on social media. And if you would write us a five star review to help us as Democrats have been attacking our podcast recently with bad reviews. Now, I want you to understand war crimes because people throw this around a lot. And I want you to understand why it's so clear that war crimes are being committed right now by Vladimir Putin, by the Russian troops, by uh, this nation that not only should we be obviously condemning and stop buying their oil, but this president shouldn't have to even think twice about admitting that war crimes are happening. Now, in 1949, the Geneva Convention ratified by all of the member states of the United Nations about war crimes and protocols, also international humanitarian law treaties. And they did this because they wanted there to be a a same level of acceptance by the world on what war crimes would be to hold leaders accountable when they kill innocent people, when they didn't have, when they clearly were targeting, I should say, innocent people. And they did it in a way that was not related directly to the war. People understand in war that when there's militaries fighting one another or people that are shooting at you, that shooting back at them is one thing. But when you purposely target innocent people, women and children to try to take out a government or to just indiscriminately kill people to try to take over a nation by carpet bombing them, the world agreed that that is inappropriate. Now, the International Crime Court Article 8 of war crimes, and this is important to understand now. War crimes mean pretty simple things. Number one, the willful killing of innocent people. That's number one on the list. The Geneva Convention, August 12th, 1949, namely named all of the things that I'm mentioning right now and made sure that people, innocent people, would be protected under the provisions of the Geneva Convention and what war crimes are. Number two, torture and inhumane treatment, including biological experiments on innocent people, as well as other military members, willfully causing great suffering or serious injury to body or health of innocent people, 
extensive destruction and and appropriation of property not justified by military necessity and carried out unlawfully by another nation, which is obviously what's happening in Ukraine right now. Compelling a prisoner of war or other protected person to serve in the forces of a hostile power. Willfully depriving a prisoner of war or other protected person of the rights of fair and regular trial. Unlawful deportation or transfer or unlawful confinement of an individual. And the taking of hostages. Now other serious violations of laws and customs that are also applicable applicable in international armed conflict. Intentionally directing attacks against the civilian population as such or against individual civilians not taking direct part of hostilities, meaning fighting for their country. That is obviously what is happening in Ukraine right now. Number two, intentionally directing attacks against civilian objects, that is, objects which are not military objectives. That would be schools, hospitals, apartment complexes, homes, which is exactly what's happening in Ukraine right now. Intentionally directing attacks against personnel, installations, material units, or vehicles involved in a humanitarian assistance or peacekeeping mission in accordance with the Charter of the United Nations. That has also happened in Ukraine. We know it. We have it on video. We've seen it. That would be a war crime. Intentionally launching an attack and the knowledge of such an attack will cause incidental loss of life or injury to civilians or damage to civilian objects or widespread long-term and severe damage to the natural environment, which would be clearly excessive in relation to the concrete and direct overall military advantage anticipated. Again, that is a war crime that we are witnessing happening right now. Another war crime, as listed, attacking or bombarding by whatever means towns, villages, dwellings, or buildings which are undefended and which are not military objectives. Russia is doing that in Ukraine right now. Another war crime. Killing or wounding a combatant who have laid down his arms or having no longer means of defense has surrendered. There have been rumors now going around, we don't have video, that Russians have been killing people that have put down their weapons. We will see if that war crime becomes part of this conversation. Now, these are just some of the things that are war crimes. Another one is intentionally directing attacks against buildings Dedicated to religion, education, art, science, or charitable purposes. That has happened in Ukraine. Another war crime. Historic monuments. That has happened. Another war crime. Hospitals. That has happened. Another war crime. And places where the sick and wounded are collected. That has happened. Another war crime. Killing or wounding individuals belonging to a hostile nation or army just because they are part of that nation. That has happened. Another war crime. These, again, are some of the war crimes that have been committed by Vladimir Putin. Why is it that the President of the United States of America refuses to call these war crimes? Because our President is an idiot and incompetent. When the media starts telling you that war crimes are happening, and I'm talking about the liberal media, I'm talking about MSNBC, listen to Joe Scarborough this morning saying it's very clear that Vladimir Putin is committing war crimes every single day. And he's letting the whole world watch it, as he put it. And still, we have a president in this country that will not call this war crimes. 
Admiral James Stavridis, thank you very much. And quickly before we go to break, Joe, isn't it also important that the president messages why this matters to us in America, why this is actually incredibly important to what is going on here, whether it's our economy or our understanding of freedom? Well, it is. I must say, though, um, uh, the United States, uh, Americans uh, seem to already understand this. You look at public opinion polls. They've shifted sharply, not just in America, but there was a there was an analysis in, in the Washington Post this morning about how much history has changed over the past week. Several weeks ago, uh, German uh, politicians uh, who supported the transfer of helmets to Ukraine were accused of being warmongers and war criminals. Now, here we are uh, several weeks later, the overwhelming majority of Germans want that country to be far more aggressive militarily. They're expanding their budget in a way uh, that they haven't done in the post-war world. Uh, history is on the march, uh, and that starts uh, with the American people and NATO allies and, and, and all of these people uh, seeing every night what Vladimir Putin is doing to an innocent people to innocent children, to innocent mothers, to innocent grandmothers, grandfathers, parents, families. It's absolutely devastating. He's committing war crimes every single day. And he's letting the whole world watch it. There's no coming back from that. And still ahead on Morning Joe. The I, I love this. There's no coming back from that. Well, the President of the United States of America won't even admit that it's war crimes. He won't declare that war crimes are being committed. We are witnessing and watching war crimes being committed right now. We know the definition of a war crime. We understand what a war crime is now. I just told you what it is, and every American and really everybody in the world needs to know this. But the media wants you to be excited right now because we seized a couple of boats from oligarchs that are not a part of the government. Yeah, they want you to know that right now, right? They broke in with breaking news. Listen to how important they think the news is they're about to tell you. And this is when I tell you, look at what the media is doing to act like countries are really cracking down on Russia when they're not because they're still buying oil from Russia. France is still getting oil from Russia right now. And so what France wants to do and what other countries like Germany want to do is they want a virtue signal to you that they are really cracking down on Russia right now when they're still buying the oil, which is subsidizing this war on the Ukrainian people, which is filled with war crimes. So they break in and they say, oh, well, we're impounding a yacht. A little bit of breaking news we got to get to here. Sorry to interrupt, but this just in. French customs officials have taken control of a giant yacht owned by the head of Russian oil giant Rosneft as part of the European Union's sanctions against Russia. That's according to the French finance minister, as reported by Bloomberg. French officials say the ship was confiscated overnight in the Mediterranean as it was preparing an urgent departure. Forbes reporting Germany also seized the yacht of a Russian billionaire yesterday. Julie there it is. That's what you're supposed to be excited about. We're cracking down the oligarchs grabbing their yachts, but we're still buying their oil. If this isn't a distraction, I'd, a perfect example of the corruption of these governments, I don't know what is.
see that the world has on China is going to be even bigger, wow. stronger, and worse. It's a great point. Um, we're going to get to the oligarchs in a moment here, but I just want to get your commentary on it because you've met many of them because they come to New York. They make a lot of money by traveling all over the world, and they take advantage of some of the great luxuries in this world. Uh, New York City, St. Bart's, the south of France, they've got their yachts and their planes and their helicopters. But now you're starting to see a little bit of a fracture here. Does Putin keep all of these oligarchs in line, well, supporting I him? Or do you start to see a break off of some of these, like Abramovich, his family's Jewish, right? He's going to sell a soccer team in England and put all the proceeds from the net earnings to the Ukrainian people. I mean, he clearly is torn by this. Do you see them standing in lockstep with Putin? Or could there be a fracture there? I think we've already seen a couple of them pull away. A couple of them have already condemned what Putin's doing. That doesn't bother me as much as we should be hitting the energy sector in Russia, period. Why Biden hasn't done that yet? That's what's going to hurt Putin. The only thing Putin cares about is the fact that Russia is a one industry country. Hit them in the energy sector. Why are we exempting that? You do that, that's going to affect him so much more than any oligarch is going to affect him. Good point. Thank you. Thank you. Great. I, I mean, Nikki Haley's right. It's that simple. And we have a president right now that is refusing to even call war crimes war crimes. He is refusing to say no to Russian oil. And we are paying for this war on the Ukrainian people. That is because we are buying their oil. Four percent, I think, a day of our oil is coming from Russia. That's a lot, folks. But it's a much bigger piece of the pie for what they export out of Russia. France and Germany are buying Russian oil. So when you see them and the media getting all excited because we seized a yacht in Germany and we seized another one in France, it is totally meaningless. It is totally meaningless in Ukraine for the Ukrainian people. You know, Senator Bennett was telling the truth today when he was on CNN. He said it is, uh, you know, not inevitable that Putin is going to succeed here militarily, but if we don't stop him, right, if we don't do more to crack down on Vladimir Putin, then he's going to win. And this is a Democrat saying this, and this Democrat is right. Now, there, there are a bunch of idiots out there still talking, by the way, about, uh, about you know, Right-wing media trying to aid and abet Putin. Some have said it's, uh, it is treasonous. Where is that happening? We're being very smart about this. As a conservative, I want to make it clear. As a member of the, quote, right-wing media, right? I want to make it clear what I'm calling for. I'm calling for sanctions on Russian oil. I'm calling for getting rid of the oligarchs and all their property in the United States of America. I'm calling for us to ban us buying Russian oil indefinitely. I, I don't think we should ever, seeing what Vladimir Putin has just done, as long as he's in charge of that country, I would say we never buy Russian oil again. That also means we'd have to become more energy independent in this country. We'd have to open back up the Keystone Pipeline, which I'm going to talk to in a few moments with Marsha Blackburn about that, because it's important that you understand the dynamics here. And one of the things Senator Blackburn and I were talking about at CPAC and why I wanted to have her on today is people don't realize just how important our money is to Russia. We could stop funding them, and we should never fund them. It's very clear. But Vladimir Putin is committing war crimes every single day, and he is letting the world watch it. And our president won't admit that this is war crimes. 
Zelensky, I want you to hear what he had to say about in a, in a video to the world about what's happening right now in his country. Listen. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky speaking just moments ago to his citizens as the Russians are attacking his country. You are leaving people without food. You are leaving us without medication. You, you are shelling evacuation routes. There is no weapon you wouldn't use against us, against free citizens of Ukraine. And now you go out and tell your propagandists that you are going to send so-called humanitarian aid to Ukraine. Please remember, you godless people, when people curse you, you have no right to hide. We don't have nuclear arms, we don't have oil and gas to fill the world with, but we have our people, we have our land, and for us that is our gold. That's what we're fighting for. We have nothing to lose other than our freedom, our dignity. This is our greatest treasure. And if anybody thinks that having come through this, we somehow, Ukrainians, will be scared and will give up. He knows nothing about us. He knows nothing about Ukraine. He has nothing to do here. He has nothing to do among us. He is an alien. Go home. Nothing to lose but our freedom. Nothing to lose but our dignity. So when you hear the media acting like, oh, this is terrible, but thank goodness we got these yachts, don't fall for it. By the way, we're also getting new word now from Intel reports. This is not a joke. China apparently asked Russia to delay the Ukraine attack until after the Olympics, apparently so that they would make sure that the audience numbers for TV would stay high and wouldn't be distracted by a war. According to a Western intelligence report, Chinese officials asked senior Russian officials to wait until after the Beijing Winter Olympics before invading Ukraine. US officials believe the report is credible. China says it's a smear. The invasion began four days after the closing ceremonies. It's unclear whether President Xi personally made the request when he met with Russia's President Vladimir Putin at the start of the Games. Moscow and Beijing later issued a joint statement condemning NATO expansion and saying their partnership had no limits. Well, he made a name making... Uh, Had no limits. You see that? Had no limits, folks. This intel report says China asked Russia, hey, delay this attack, and the two countries met. These are two people that usually are not allies. They're not natural allies. And all of a sudden, they're like, hey, we need the viewership up. Now, this also goes back to the mishandling of this from the very beginning from Vladimir, or or I should say from Joe Biden on Vladimir Putin. Everybody knew this war was going to happen, including Joe Biden. Everybody knew he was going to invade. We could see it from the troop buildup and everything else. Why didn't the central bank, why didn't the U.S. government, why didn't Joe Biden immediately then start putting in sanctions Why didn't we then start sending the military aid that the Ukrainians were already asking for? Because we knew what they were going to need. We know this. Why didn't we do this? Why didn't we demand, and why, or I should say, why did our president demand, you move those troops back, and if you don't, we're doing the sanctions today until you move them back. We should have done that. We should have made it very clear that we were going to do that from the very beginning. 
We shouldn't have waited until after they started invading. And why is it that our president refuses to call war crimes war crimes? This is a man who's very dazed and confused. And his own outtakes are now being used as propaganda in Russia. There is a video that the Russian government is now using in their own broadcast showing our president looking totally incompetent. They have taken this from the State of the Union. And now they are saying basically to the people, this is who we're up against. Don't worry about America. Don't worry about what America is saying. Don't worry about this guy, Joe Biden. Because Joe Biden doesn't know what he's saying. He is a commander-in-chief that is slurring his words. He is a commander-in-chief that can barely get through a State of the Union. So stand with Mother Russia and Vladimir Putin because we're not going anywhere and we're doing the right thing and we're going into Ukraine. And this is a guy that can't even commit to if this is war crimes when it's obviously war crimes. crimes. We are following very closely. It's early to say that. I love the swearing there. Again, walking out to the helicopter. Is this war crimes? Crimes. We are following very closely. It's early to say that. It's early to say that. It's early to say that. I don't even know what he's saying. It's just earlier to say that. Crimes. We are following very closely. It's early to say that. It's early to say that. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Joining me now to talk about this uh, is U.S. Senator from Tennessee, Marsha Blackburn. Senator, I appreciate you coming on. And I want to start with the uh, clearly the most glaring, uh, I I think, miscalculation of this administration. And that is we are still buying millions of barrels of oil a day from Russia. We are subsidizing what many are now referring to as a genocide in Ukraine, certainly war crimes, which the president wouldn't even call it that yesterday. Why are we still buying oil from Russia and making them more money today than they made yesterday off that oil because oil prices are skyrocketing because he's invading Ukraine? That's right. One hundred and ten dollars a barrel for oil and six hundred and seventy barrels per day of Russian oil is coming into the U.S. And. If we had the Keystone Pipeline, it would be moving 830,000 barrels per day. So think about that, Ben. And yes, trying to get rid of Russian oil is something that we have encouraged this administration to do. To go back to producing oil, you know, under President Trump, we were energy independent. And we were a net exporter of oil and gas products. And yet here we are with Biden 
having killed the Keystone Pipeline, stopped the production on federal lands and leases and offshore. So what did he do? He turned to OPEC and he turned to Russia and he said, sell us more oil. Now, this has made us dependent on those tankers coming out of Russia, moving that oil into our into our product line. But now we have some of these oil companies beginning to say, no, we don't want Russian oil. And Russia is the number one importer of oil product to the U.S. at this point. Saudi Arabia is number two. I don't think a lot of people realize that, just how much in, in comparison and I think it's so important that every American uh, look at this, regardless of politics. Uh, th- what you just yeah. said is such an incredible compare and contrast, because I think a lot of people would assume, hey, we, we, we get more money. We get more oil from Saudi Arabia than we do from Russia. Right. No, we get more oil from Russia than Saudi Arabia. You're right. And they're our number one at this point in time. So it is going to be imperative that this administration work with the private sector, something they don't always want to do. But to do that and to reverse course on this as quickly as they possibly can, and they can do that. We can do that. It is difficult to get the Keystone Pipeline going, uh, but it is possible because it's completed from Cushing, Oklahoma, down to the Gulf. It is the northern track that is not completed. So the administration would have to back off the and force the Greens and environmentalists to back off, finish this keystone. That is 830,000 barrels a day. That is more than the 670 barrels per day that we are importing from Russia. And here is the thing. With Joe Biden doing this, he is, in essence, financing Putin's war against Ukraine. Because what did he do? Comes in, he shuts down our oil and gas production. He gives Putin the Nord Stream 2. And then there are two things that Putin had asked for, and Trump would not give him. Number one, he wanted a five-year renewal on the New START Treaty. Trump said, no, I'll give you one year with conditions. Biden comes in, he gives Putin five years, no conditions. So Putin says, okay, I want Nord Stream. So what does Biden do? Of course, Trump had put sanctions on Nord Stream. Biden comes along, he lifts the sanctions, gives him Nord Stream and no conditions. This is why he's in Ukraine right now. And if he is successful in Ukraine, he will not stop. My guest with me, U.S. Senator Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee. Senator, let let me uh, just get another perspective from you, because you've obviously been briefed uh, on the humanitarian crisis. And I would argue now, and it's obvious from what we've seen just in the last 24 hours, that Vladimir Putin is targeting innocent people. He's targeting buildings. Uh, that are apartment buildings with innocent people in them. He is uh, indiscriminately, at this point, I think, killing Ukrainians, trying to get them to fall as a country in general. Uh, I believe that this uh, constitutes war crimes. You've seen, obviously, more than I have. Do you believe that Vladimir Putin has committed war crimes? Because the president would not call it that. 
absolutely, I think he's committed war crimes. And when you look at the weaponry that he is using, when you look at the carpet bombing he is doing, how these tanks are taking some of these villages and just flattening the villages, the way he is killing and bombing indiscriminately and targeted also. And we just pray for all people in Ukraine. We um, know that, and here's the thing. He keeps saying, well, um, it it is drug addicts and thieves and uh, Nazis running the country. Ukraine has a Jewish president. And this is something that ought not to be lost on people. Ukraine has worked diligently trying to get into NATO, trying to get into the EU, trying to stand up on their own two feet. This is a country that wants freedom, and they have loved the freedom that they have had. And this is a country that deserves the support of the West. And last fall, I sent a letter over to the White House. In the letter, I said, now is the time for sanctions, economic sanctions. It's the time to keep the sanctions on Nord Stream 2. It is the time to begin sales of lethal aid to Ukraine because Vladimir Putin had been really kind of telegraphing he was going to do this. During the Olympics, at the end of the Olympics in 08, he went into Georgia. 2014, he went into Crimea. he knew that Obama and Biden had sent the Ukrainian army blankets and meals ready to eat. Uh, in 2017, Trump sent them bombs and bullets. Uh, he looked at um, at Biden. Biden gave him everything he wanted, no conditions. And he said, okay, if I'm going to take Ukraine, if I'm going to get the band back together for the old Soviet Union, now is my shot. So that is what he's doing. When you look at the lack of preparation specifically from the Biden administration, we knew what they were doing. We knew they were gaining, you know, getting the troops on the border. We knew they were planning an invasion. All intelligence said he wasn't bluffing at doing this. Why did they not start sanctions then? And not just I want to be clear, not just uh, our country, but why did so many countries around the world wait till after he started the invasion to put those sanctions on why didn't we do that the very beginning to send him a message of this is what's going to happen to your economy if you do this before you even start well and there are some of us that said three weeks ago get these make these sanctions proactive not reactive you know get send this message that if you do this this is what you're going to face But Joe Biden didn't want to do that. This administration didn't want to do that. They wanted to wait until something happened. And, Ben, you know, you've got to say, okay, here's the sanctions. This is where we draw the line. You're doing this buildup. Back in the fall, he had about 70,000 troops in the region. That's when I sent my letter. And then— to wait until there's 130,000 and they've st- 
started to come into the country to say, hey, wait a minute, we really mean this. We're going to do some sanctions on you. People should have been putting these sanctions in place early on. They should have, and they didn't, and they waited. And now you look at where we are with this, and you see what's happening over the last, uh, you know, 12 hours even. It's clearly the, the, the situation is deteriorating there. Zelensky's saying we need help. Biden said we are, quote, doing everything we can to help Zelensky. What would happen if the president did, in fact, say we're going to stop buying Russian oil, which is subsidizing this war? That's the biggest card left on the table so he's lying when he says we're doing everything we can to help Zelensky. We are not. And if we did it, I'm assuming other countries would move forward with that. Do you think the president has the, the guts to do this? Well, Canada's already done it. Canada is not importing any Russian oil. And we should join in doing what Canada is doing and saying we will not import any Russian oil. We're not going to have this in our pipeline, in our stream to consumers. That would be a very positive step. Now, if this administration has the courage and the the will to do that, they have been reticent to step forward and do that. You would have um, a diminished supply. They're trying to say 60 million Barrels of oil is what we've released. In the U.S., that is about a two-and-a-half to three-day supply. That's it. That's it. I mean, it's basically meaningless. It's like when he, when oil prices were spiking uh, earlier or a couple months ago, and they, he was like, oh, I'm going to release a, you know, X number of barrels. It was one-and-a-half days supply of oil, and it was totally meaningless. And the majority of that oil we actually had to sell to other markets outside the U.S. because it wasn't clean-burning enough for us. Well, that's right. And you have all the different types, whether it's sour or sweet, all the crude that is there. And, you know, it is just going to be imperative that we look at this supply chain and that we realize what is happening with this supply chain. And then the other thing that we have to keep our eyes on, as I've been saying since day one with this, I've got two pieces of legislation we're trying to move forward in the Senate. One is a sense of the Senate that we would remove Russia from the U.N. Security Council. They ought not to be there because of the crimes they're committing against innocent Ukrainian people. And number two is a sense of the Senate that we support having Russia removed in total from the SWIFT banking system. Right now, some of the banks are removed, but it is economic transactions. It is sanctions on oligarchs, and it is not the energy sector. We need to lock down their energy sector in order to stop the flow of capital into that country. So those two pieces of legislation we're trying to move forward, that will tell us where China is going to be and how much they're going to do, how much the Chinese Communist Party and Xi Jinping is going to do to prop up Russia during this time. Well, and that was my, my last question I was going to ask you is, is China uh, and Russia are not natural allies. They, 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 they've really never gotten along, seen the world the same way. The Biden administration has forced this, uh, them into this weird 
uh, uh, almost allegiance or, or put them in a corner together with our policies. And it has come out, obviously, this morning. China has said they will not put sanctions on Russia. Uh, I think this may be the bigger catastrophe in the long haul here is the fact that this administration's foreign policy has forced two basically adversaries into the same corner where they're now some sort of allies with one another. Yeah, you know, look at it. China wants to be globally dominant by the time we get 2050. The Chinese Communist Party is doing everything they can do from every corner whether it is to go after our free speech, to go after our religious liberty, China is trying to upend some of the institutions here in our country. We know that. They are going to do that. Now, their frenemy in this is Russia. So it's going to be interesting to see how much support China is going to give Russia. And are they going to bank them? Are they going to become Russia's biggest purchaser of oil? How are they going to stand with Russia? To what extent? And then at what point would they turn on Russia and say, all right, we've done enough to, to soft land you out of this, and now you're on your own. And if we can take them completely, if we can take Russia completely out of the SWIFT banking system, if we can halt these economic transactions and this flow of oil and gas, bear in mind Russia is basically a big oil depot with an army. And Joe Biden had been out here saying, I'm the only one that can go toe-to-toe with Vladimir Putin, but basically what he's been doing is playing footsie with him, and now he's got himself into a mess, and you've got this alliance between Russia and China that has come up this year during the Biden administration. It's very scary. Senator, I appreciate your time. I hope uh, that you guys are going to get to talk to the White House and explain to them how important it is to, to, to declare that these are war crimes because the White House still seems to be holding out on that, uh, which is unconscionable to me. And I hope that somebody can talk some sense to yeah. them, explain to them, these are war crimes we're watching on TV and the whole world is seeing it. That's right. Thank you, you Senator. It. Appreciate it. We'll Take have you back again. again real soon. All right, we are going to continue to keep you updated in this podcast that I can promise you on what's going on in Ukraine. Even yesterday, we did two different podcasts in the same day. Uh, so keep checking back with us. Make sure you hit that subscribe or auto download button so you get this podcast when we uh, upload a new one right away on your front phone. Obviously, it's free. Also, please help us grow by sharing this podcast with your family and friends. Hit that little forward arrow and share this uh, in text message, share it on social media. Uh, And if you wouldn't mind, write us a five-star review, which helps us tremendously on the podcast charts. I'll see you back here tomorrow. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary.
Visit Safeway.com for more details.